when I spent my two years at St. Gregory the Great after college, uh, I used to go to the chapel early in the morning. I used to sit on one of the sides, and as the sun rose, it rose. It's a new chapel, so they had saints, new saints, updated saints um, in the stained glass windows. And every morning, St. Maximilian Colby would stare at me. He's a Franciscan. He had a gray habit. Here we are. He would stare at me every morning. I didn't know much about him, but go keep going to the chapel. The sun would come up, and he would, he would stare at me. I started to pray to him. That was very dangerous. I learned a little bit about his life. and One of the authors said about St. Maximilian Kolbe, he, in case some of you might not know who he is, he died in, in Auschwitz concentration camp. He was a Franciscan from Poland who, who was taken to the concentration camp after 200 Franciscans were uh, arrested at, at their monastery and they were taken to Auschwitz. He, they said about him, which was, which was incredible, and it's a, the lesson for us to learn, I think, on this retreat, my brothers and sisters, and especially as we conclude. He was able to give his life as a martyr. There was this man who had a family and children, and someone had escaped. And so they all lined up, and they picked random people to be able to put in the starvation bunker as a, as a punishment, and that they would die. And there was this young man who started to cry out that, I had, don't take me, I have a family. And he was uh, right next to him, and he, and he told the guards to take him instead, to leave this man, and, and I'll go in his place. He went to the starvation bunker with six or seven other people and prayed and sang and led these people to a holy death. They said about Maximilian Colby, and they say this about all the saints, especially those who were martyred, they were able to give their lives at the end of their life in this, in this pretty incredible way in this ultimate way, because every day they gave their lives. Every day they suffered and offered joyfully to the Lord. Every day they sacrificed in little ways that allowed him to... And so it wasn't anything different, and it wasn't anything new that allowed him to give his life, because that's what he did every day. We think that our call to holiness and our call to sanctity and our call to sacrifice and our call to offer is somewhere in some big event that's going to happen someday. And it might be something significant. But for everything, everybody in this room, including those who are consecrated, it's the everyday offering. It's the everyday sacrifice. It's the everyday yes to the Lord. It's the everyday experience of God's grace and the moment to say, this is what God has before me. This is his will. This is what we talked about all, all weekend. To surrender, to offer, to be humble, to say, this is God's will for me today. And to offer to him joyfully and peacefully and, and with great freedom. He, as he was the only one left in the starvation bunker. Everybody else had died, and he, he, it's like he wouldn't go. The, the officer who came down uh, to inject him, finally just to kill him, uh, writes about this later on. He was actually converted by his experience with St. Maximilian Colby, which is so awesome. And he said he went in there to, 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 to inject him with poison so he would just die, and he, um, Maximilian Kobe, St. Maximilian Kobe, sat up and offered his arm. Offered his arm 
and he was injected and he passed away. What I hope that the grace of this weekend for all of us is, is that particular moment. Who knows what's going to come? Who knows what surprises the Lord has for all of us? Who knows what challenges the Lord has for all of us? Who knows what crosses come? And who knows what blessings and joys that will come? That is yet unknown. I pray that this weekend and this retreat is this. Can we offer ourselves to the Lord today? And let's use this Mass just to say, okay, Lord, I'm going to surrender. I don't know what to. I don't know what's ahead. I don't know what's going to happen. I know they're going to be filled with blessings and joys, but the, the greatest promise that the Lord gives us is the gift of his presence. And that's what the Eucharist is. That's what the Mass is. And that's a renewal every time we go to Mass. Here we go, Lord. Here I am. I offer it to you. Jesus says in the Gospels, especially at the time of his passion, he says, they did not take my life from me. I laid it down. They didn't take it from me. My brothers and sisters, the Lord loves you too much to force you to do anything. He respects you too much to violate your freedom. He will not force this on you. He will not force discipleship on you. He will not force you to carry the cross. He will not force you to follow him and see him every day. But he offers it to you every day. The gift of being in relationship with him is the gift of the offering of grace by the power of our baptism and by the power of the sacraments and by the power of our vocations to live in his presence and to experience his life. That's his promise. And I pray this weekend is just a reorientation to say, I'm going to do my part, Lord. I'm going to be available to you. I'm going to be more open to you. I was talking to some of you. A, a takeaway from this weekend is not to say, I need to go home and do more. I don't need to go home and do more. Lord, I need to go home and be more available to you. That's the grace of surrender. That's the grace of living in God's presence and trusting in his providence. I'm going to see, Lord, differently. I'm going to see my spouse. I'm going to see my children. I'm going to see my work. I'm going to see in every moment of the day your love and your care and your providence. I'm going to see that Brother Vittorio and I have to leave right after Mass. I'm going to see that somehow that going out and digging ourselves out is somehow a gift from the Lord to experience his providence. I haven't figured it out yet. Somehow it's God revealing himself and caring for me. He won't take it from us, guys. He won't force us. He loves us too much. He wants us to offer our arms to him. And what does that mean? Because we have to trust because we don't know what's going to come. We don't know how we're going to be surprised. But a God who not only calls us, but equips us and promises his presence. Promises to be our companion on the road. And promises is his gift of grace. This is how the gospel is, this gospel is out of control. This gospel is so otherworldly that you look at this and say, yeah, that's nice, but that's not possible. How is it possible? Because it's easy to do hard things with Jesus. To buy on our, on our own, it's impossible. The final prayer I want to leave with you, and I'll just pray this right now. Here's the prayer. Here's what we go home with today. 
when we focus on what we, the, the two certainties, the two certainties that we are infinitely loved and that we have this un, unquenchable capacity to, to love, to experience God's love and to experience our identity and then to go out and to love unconditionally, just like Jesus loves. We have that ability by the power of our baptism. Those are two, two certainties and the two certainties that the saints were utterly convinced of. God loves me and he has given me the grace to love others like him. So the thing is, we're intimidated, and we look at that and say, that's really impossible. That's a true statement. It is impossible. But the prayer of the saints, and the prayer of humble people, the, the, the prayer of poor people, the people that are poor before the Lord, the people that are meek before the Lord, here's our prayer. Lord Jesus, come and do in me what I can't do myself. Lord Jesus, come and do in me what I can't do myself. What we've talked about all weekend is impossible on our own. It's easy to look at Brother Vittorio and I and say, oh, you guys are awesome. You guys are living for the Lord. You're totally consecrated to him. That's so awesome. We get it everywhere. It's true, and we do. But what's unfortunate is that people give people put us up on a pedestal and then give themselves an opportunity to say, well, I'm not like them. Our life's not easy. And you guys know that. But we come on this retreat. You think that we're here to encourage you. We're more encouraged to be being with you all because you are the ones on the front lines. You are the ones in the parishes. You are the ones in your families. You are the ones at your workplaces. That is how the world is going to be holier. And that is how the world is going to be transformed. Not necessarily because they meet us. Because you live the gospel. Because you love like Jesus loves. Because you sacrifice. And because you are a meek before the world. You're not threatened by others. The world's threatened. But that guy's not. I wonder what's new about him. Yeah, he follows Jesus. There's no need to be threatened. That guy loves his enemies. That guy gives and gives and gives and keeps giving joyfully. Wow, what's that? That's Jesus. You guys are the ones that are going to to renew this diocese. You guys are the ones that that are going to be the church here that responds faithfully, that supports your bishop and supports your priests. You guys are the ones that are going to bring the gospel to life here. Not Franciscans who come once a year. It's our job to go out and encourage you to say that it's possible, to say that holiness is a gift and that it's the gift the Lord wants to give you. And to say that loving your spouse unconditionally and loving your kids, even though it's difficult and even though it's challenging and even though it's exhausting at times, is possible. Not on your own, not with what you have, but with what Jesus can give you. And to go at work and to be a witness in subtle ways. And to deal with suffering and sickness and tragedy and addiction and struggles or whatever that we all face to encourage you to say, with Jesus, these things are possible. With the grace of the sacraments, with the grace of the Eucharist, we can experience life and grace and power in our lives that change things. But it just takes one moment to say, Jesus, I'm here. Jesus, I desire this. And we pray that this weekend was that moment. And then what does it take? It takes another moment tomorrow. It could take many moments throughout the day to say, Lord, 
What's our prayer? Come and do in me what I can't do myself. The saints believe that. The saints lived that. And I am just so hopeful with being with you all this weekend. So hopeful. To bring renewal and encouragement and hope to the church right now, to our families, to our schools, whoever we come in contact with. Jesus is alive. In the midst of the scandal, the suffering, the struggles, he's alive. He's alive in you. And he wants to come and transform our hearts and our families. And he wants to transform this diocese and transform this city, on and on and on. And just takes a moment. The Protestants would do an altar call at a time like this. They would invite everybody forward to make a commitment. and I'm not going to do that. Wouldn't that be cool, though? That would be like breaking history at, at the retreat house here. We're going to have an altar. Everybody come up. No, I'm just kidding. Here's what we're going to do, though. We're going to receive Jesus today. And when we say amen after receiving him, we're going to offer our hearts to him. And we're going to say yes to the future. We're going to say yes to the moment. And we're going to say, Jesus, come and do in us what we can't do ourselves. You with me? Amen.